Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. To be devoted is to continue steadfastly in something, and today Bishop Dag will teach you why it is important to be a Christian who is totally devoted to God with your heart and your time. This Tuesday you will discover the key areas that you must be devoted in to God if you want to experience longevity and strength in your Christian walk. Find out the importance of being a believer who is found dedicated to the things of God beyond Sunday church attendance alone. Listen and be blessed. Amen. Lift your hands and let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning, afternoon, as we come before your holy word. We pray for humility. We pray for understanding. We pray for the spirit of revelation. And Lord, we pray above all that we would be not hearers only, but doers of your word. In the year 2000, Lord, let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Turn with me to the book of Acts and we want to read chapter 2. I want to take the opportunity to wish you a blessed new year. Happy new year. Happy millennial. And uh, may your dreams come true in the millennium. May all the things you couldn't achieve, may they be achievable in the new millennium. Amen. May you drive the cars you have dreamt about. May you move into the houses you have been dreaming about. May you roof the house you have started building. May you marry because you have believed God in the millennium. May you find your beloved that you have been searching for. May you be found by your beloved. Who is, who is looking back and not see you? May he see you in the millennium. He will discover you in the millennium in Jesus' name. I said you will be discovered in the millennium. Hallelujah. Your wedding is coming on this millennium. I said your wedding is coming on this millennium. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we thank the Lord for bringing us to a new millennium. It's not everybody who made it. Some people died just before. The thing about death or passing out of this world is that very, very few people know when it's going to happen. God has shielded us from that information. He has covered our eyes, as it were. No matter, no matter who you are, you somehow don't seem to really know. Sometimes when the time is near, you can feel it. Like Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. But he, he went on and said, I've fought my fight. I've finished my race. I've run my course. The time of going is very near. I don't know when exactly. 
If you are here today, it's because God has allowed you to see today. You must be grateful to the Lord. And it's a good way to start the year coming to the house of the Lord to lift up his name and to serve him. And today I am bringing you a very important millennial message that is going to change your life. And I pray that you will not just listen, but you will be a doer of the word of God. I pray that you will move from being a traditional ceremonial Christian to becoming a real Christian. A Christian who is not just a Christian on Sundays, but a Christian who is a Christian on Monday, Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, Friday, and on Saturday, and also on Sunday. Can I have a witness for the Lord? Yes. All right. The subject today is Devotion 2000. Devotion 2000. Very soon you are going to see the stickers on cars. The 2000 stickers. And most, many of the stickers are going to say, 2000, the year of my breakthrough. 2000, the year of my victory. 2000, the year of my prosperity. 2000, the year of my promotion. 2000, breaking strongholds. Those are very good stickers. However, as far as we are concerned, the year 2000 is a year of devotion to the Lord. Amen. In this church. All right? And God wants you to be a devoted, I'm your pastor, that's my work. My work is to tell you what the Lord is saying. Amen. Amen. Can I have a witness for the Lord? Yes. When I say can I have a witness, you say yeah. When I say amen, you say amen. Can I have a witness for the Lord? Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Very good. Some of you, you are old fashioned. <laughs> but as far as we are concerned, this is a year of being devoted to Jesus. How many want to be devoted to the Lord? All right. Uh, we want to and we need to be more like Jesus. All right. Now in Acts chapter 2, we see a very important uh, description of the early church. Okay. And I want us to read. That is our text for today. Acts chapter 2. We're reading from verse number 40. It says, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Alright? Now, the year 2000 is the year of the double mega church. If there's been mega, we are moving into double mega. I said we are moving into double mega. Amen. The church is going to grow in the year 2000. I would advise you to find a chapel or a ministry. Otherwise, you get lost in the sea of members and the sea and the crowd. And somebody will say, oh, why don't some of the people go to some other churches? But somehow, many people are still going to come here. They're going to be attracted. They're going to find their way here. They're going to drive for miles and just come all the way here or wherever it is that the Lord is moving. So, get ready for the double mega. 
And as the church becomes double mega, you are also going to become double mega. Because you see, you are the church. And the church is you. We are the body of Christ. The church is not the building. If the church was a building, then this is not a church. Because this was built as a seminar seminar hall. Cinema hall. Uh, Cinema. Film. Cine. Cine. Okay. That is what it was. To watch films. Eh? So, this place is not the building per se that makes this place a church. It's you that makes this place a church. We are the body of Christ and you members in particular. So, all of us together make the church. That's why you can't just kill a church or spoil a church by bombing the pastor's office. And you can't spoil a church by coming to break down the walls. Since they broke our walls, we have grown and grown. It's like, it is as though it were vitamins for us to grow. Because the church always grows under persecution. Amen. And we have been one of the most persecuted churches in the last two years. We have been hated by many people. But many of those who hate us are admiring us secretly. When they watch us on TV, they say, in fact, in fact, the guy is saying something. The guy is saying something. In their hearts, they know what is right and what is good. All right? So if you are, if you are in the church, you must be devoted. And one of the ways you can be devoted is, is by joining one of the chapels and ministries. Now, the church is divided into chapels, ministries, and fellowships. Now, find one. The pastors all wear tags, usually. And you see them sitting on stage. And sometimes, by the way they dress, you can know that they are pastors. Alright? Um, so, just approach any of them. They are all friendly. If any of them is not friendly, I will tell you beforehand. But they are all friendly. Amen. And uh, if you're afraid of the brothers, they are all sister pastors as well. Find a chapel. Get involved. Because as the church gets so big, you need to be part of a smaller group. So the church will be large enough to contain you and small enough to know you. I don't think you got that. I said large enough to contain you, include you, and small enough to know you. You must be known. Hallelujah. And so, the only way something that is so large, you get it, can be fashioned so that it can know you and you can really be a real part of it and have a real pastor, father, mother, and family is for you to join the smaller groups within the church. I grew up not belonging to a big church like this. When I became a Christian, there were no big churches like this. All right, but um, I I was part of a small group, and that group was called Calvary Road Singers, and um, I used to play the piano and the organ, and I used to go around singing, preaching, following up, doing crusades. That's how I grew up as a Christian. If I had a problem, I would talk to the leader of the group or one of the leaders, and and if I didn't understand something in the Bible. I would talk to one of them 
and they would explain. I once wanted to know, for instance, who was Cain's wife. You know, Adam and Eve had two children, Cain and Abel, and then Cain killed Abel. And so, since Adam and Eve were the only two people on earth, and uh, they had given birth to two sons, I wanted to know, who did Cain marry? Have you ever thought about that? You see, but if you don't belong to a chapel, you can never know this. How many want to know? I'm not going to tell you. When you join a chapel, and you see your uh, uh, chapel pastor, or your ministry shepherd, or your fellowship shepherd, they are going to tell you. Hallelujah. And fellowship shepherds, and shepherds will be wearing their tags from next year. Amen. 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 From this year, sorry. Okay, so get ready for the double mega church. All right, there were 3,000 souls. It's biblical to have thousands. A time will come there will be 30,000 people. You see, 30,000 people in one church. Somebody asked her, where are these people coming from? 30,000. Oh, it's going to happen. You see, practically happening before your eyes. It will happen. Hallelujah. The people will become a lot, and you have to be part of a smaller group. All right, so immediately after service, go to the lobby or come straight to any of the pastors the one you like most just by looking at their faces and come straight to them and say, Pastor, you are the one I like in the church. When I saw you, I was attracted to you. All right. But they are married anyway. So don't... Uh, there's only one who is not married and I think he's not around. Okay. And uh, just tell him, listen, Pastor, I was attracted to you and I feel that I must come to you and I must be part of your chapel. So what is your chapel? That thing that the bishop was talking about, whatever I said, chapel or... A conglomerate or group or whatever it is I want to be part of that thing and then he's going to show you what to do amen, amen. how many are going to do that all right there's some other pastors sitting here can you stand up please if you're a pastor so that they can see the pastors sitting in front they're not enough we have 36 pastors right here in the headquarters there are 36 of them some are not around some are uh, on the other side upstairs various places they're all working all right they have given their sundays to the lord when you are eating chicken and watching what do they show on sunday afternoons what cantata hey you people i don't even know i've never seen to see the daylight on sunday afternoon my house is very very unusual and all the pastors same they are all here working so they've done very well all right let's continue reading and they continued, verse 42, Acts 2, 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. This year is going to be a year of signs and wonders. Many dramatic signs and wonders are going to take place in the church and in this ministry worldwide. It is going to be known. The church is going to be known for miracles. It's going to be known for dramatic signs and wonders. Clouds will appear. Miracles will take place. The power of God will move. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. The dumb will speak. The cripples will walk. God is going to do great things. The Bible says that as they continue steadfastly, signs and wonders were done. There are some things you won't understand. I'm telling you in advance. Why wouldn't you understand them? Because you are not supposed to understand them. It's just a sign. It will make you wonder. One of the things people don't understand is why people fall under the power. Why some people start to react. Why some people scream. Why people shake. Why things happen. And somebody, people don't understand it. It, it, it really, it's a sign. 
In fact, it's one of the things that I've seen that can make people stay awake at midnight. You can preach at 12 o'clock, everybody will fall asleep. But you start ministering to people, and people are falling under the power. Suddenly, everybody is very alert, watching this thing to see, is it real? What is going on? I mean, what is happening? Is it just this, or is it just that? Or why are people responding that way? What is happening? It's a sign. It makes you wonder and think. And sometimes people come and they are praying for The next moment they realize they are getting up. say, ah, this is not real. Let me stand up again. Then they realize that, ah, I'm on the ground again. Look, this time it's not going to happen. And before you can say Jack Robinson, you are on the floor again. It's just a sign. But when you get up, say, ah, but I don't feel any different. It's a sign to make you know that God is real. To make you know that the preaching which was preached is real. It's to confirm the word. So next year, be part of the cloud. I say next year. This year, <laughs> be part of the cloud of glory. How many are going to flow with the Holy Ghost? And many people will be saved as a result of that. Amen. And all that believe were together. No, all that believe were in their houses. They were all in Mataheko and Dansoman and Choko and they were where? Together. And had all things come on. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now somebody will say, you see now, in the Bible time, they were just giving their money to the church members so that those who were poor had everything that they needed. But these modern charismatics that have come, they are just collecting the money and we don't see them giving to any poor person. They have been buying cars, posh, posh cars. Well, if you want to know, it's not everything you know. In our church, we have a ministry called Remember the Poor. And every month, we take a certain amount of money from our income and we set it aside for the poor. And we, there are many poor people whose school fees we pay. You may not know. We don't announce all these things. We don't have to. There are many people that we look after. There are many situations that we get involved in and we help. At Christmas time, we give presents to a long list of people. And we give cash. I mean, present. Here's 50,000. Here's so many thousand to bless you and to help you at Christmas time. A long list of poor people in our midst. Or poorer people, if you like. Poverty is relative. I know that if I was to ask those who would like to be included in that selection, a lot of people would. Reverend Saki says he would join that group. <laughs> anyway, so are you listening to me? So I'm saying that uh, it is something that we do practice even in today's church. Hallelujah. All right. And um, let's go on. And they continuing once a month with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. Oh, sorry. Let's read verse 46. I'm reading it, okay? And they continue once a week with one accord in the temple. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And they continue every fortnight with one accord in the temple. They continue twice a week with one accord in the temple. I didn't see it properly. Sorry, the lights. Put on the light. Put on the lights. And they continuing daily. Yeah. Daily. With one accord in the bank and breaking. They went to the bank every day. Sorry. And they continuing with one accord 
in the library and breaking sorry sorry the light is so bad and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple in the temple in the church in the church every day have you thought about that these people went to church every day today when you organize a program pastor we are tired of the programs there are too many now we are tired I want to spend some time in the house watching cantata. God is saying, notice, they were coming to church every day. And they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of a heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church weekly such as should be saved. Added to the church daily again. Now, this year, I'm saying that we are going to be devoted members. Three things I want you to devote to the Lord. Okay? Number one, I want you to devote your heart to the Lord. Your heart. God wants your heart, not your mind. Amen? God wants your heart, not your mouth. God wants your heart, my brother. When he has your heart, he has you. When you are doing something with your heart, it's different from when you are doing it with your mind. I am serving the Lord with my heart. And God is saying to everyone, serve the Lord with your heart. Jane, what's the difference between serving the Lord with your heart and when it's not with your heart? What's the difference? Let me just give you one example. I remember in 1989, on the 10th of March, on the 1st of April, I began my houseman's job. I was a doctor. I had gone to school for seven years. Qualified. Every day you are telling us that you are a doctor. We are tired of it. Look, if you have a problem with that, just go, go, go away, okay? Okay? Because that's what, that's what I am. That's what I did. I, there's nothing else. I, I can't say when I was smuggling cocaine from Ivory Coast to Cameroon. I have not done that before. What I, I am is what I can talk about. If you have a problem with that, just find your way. There's no door in the church. Eh? Okay, let come back. Let's. You see, when I'm preaching, I can hear some people talking. What, what was I even saying before they interrupted when I was when I was house officer in 1989, 1st April I was going to the ward practicing doing my work but how I wanted to leave I would look at the time when is the duty going to be over I'll look at the duty roster and see that I am on night on this day, on this day, on this day. Ah! Then I would be praying that there will be more house officers. There was a time there were very few of us on the ward. And at times there will be more. When there are more doctors, I don't know how they were managing it. Sometimes there are a lot, sometimes there's none. When there are more doctors, it means we are freer. I wanted to leave. Every I'll be looking at the time. It's going to be 8 o'clock because 8 o'clock we... We go off from cover. Eight o'clock. Bah. 
As soon as the second hand crosses, you know how the seconds go slowly. As soon as it crosses like that, I tell the nurses, I'm off. At a point, they began to call me, I'm off. Because as soon as there was an opportunity to go, I'm off. I didn't want to be there. I was a doctor, all right. I had qualified. I had my stethoscope and everything. I had my prescription forms. I had uh, my speaker. I had everything that would make you a doctor plus being a doctor in reality. But I just wanted... There were times I would sit down. I remember when I was at the medical ward. That is when I, we wrote out the marriage vows. The marriage vows that we use. I was working on them in the ward. When I have seen to all the patients, everybody was okay. I came to sit in the doctor's ward. I was right. I will, I do, I will, I do. I was preparing. When it was time now, I'm off. (laughs) You see, but when you find something that you love with your heart and you are doing with your heart, nobody will tell you to come. Nobody will tell you that it's time to come, it's time to go, this is closing time, it's uh, you can go now or you can come now. Since I started working in the church, I don't have any working hours. I just work till I, till I drop down. Asleep. You can ask my wife. When I touch the bed, that's, I don't talk about tiredness. Even if I have not slept two days, whatever, I don't talk about. When I touch the bed, I know that I've arrived. You can count 60. One, two, three, four, five. By the time you get to 60, I'm gone. I'm just fellowshipping with the Lord in heaven somewhere. I'm off. Because I work until I'm tired, not until the time. It's five o'clock. I have to go. Me, this church is five o'clock. Five o'clock today is Christmas Day. I'm good. No. Many of you, when you are gone, we are here till two a.m., three a.m. Probably that's why they say we're printing money here. In fact, that is one of the reasons why. Because you come here in the middle of the night, you see us fully active, working. You wonder what we are doing. Come. And you will discover. Amen. Amen. So when you do and you serve the Lord with your heart, nobody will have to say, today is Sunday. Nobody, but if you are doing it not with your heart, as soon as the time is up, and they said our phone service is 12.30. And we have come, it's 12.30, we have to cross. But when it's with your heart, you will love it. When it's closing time, you will not be the first person to fly out of the window. Oh yeah, and there are some of you like that. You come in, you fly out. You don't know anybody in the church, and nobody knows you. If you die today, we wouldn't even know that you are dead. But the Bible says they were together. Together. The brethren. Not those who worked at the bank. Not those who were from a particular tribe. Not the Galileans. Not the Airways or the Fantis. Not the old Achimotans or the old... Uh, let me say another more important uh, old Achimotans or any other old school <laughs> they were together the church, the church people were together are you getting that? the church people, they were together this year I want you to be devoted in three important areas devoted in your heart number one devoted with your time i want you to devote your time to god and number three i want you to devote your money to god 
Alright? Devote your heart so that your service to God will be from your heart and with your heart. Nobody will have to tell you, and you have to go to church, and you have to go to church, and come to church, and would you come, what do you do, give offering, do this, do that, nya 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 always winding, encouraging, winding. It will come from within. The Bible says that I will give you a new law and I will write my law in your heart. Nobody will tell you from outside, do this, do that. Since I got born again, nobody has to tell me that I don't have to smoke. Anymore or smoke. Whichever one is correct. Nobody has to tell me I don't have to smoke. Or drink. Mr. Johnson, you understand what I'm saying? Nobody has to tell me. When a tree dies, the leaves fall off themselves. You don't have to tell the leaf, the tree. Leave, dear tree, we want to request if you could please drop your leaf because we want to inform you that you are dead. If you are really a Christian, certain things will drop off naturally. They must fall. If you are genuinely dead to your sins and dead in Christ, they will drop off. Nobody will tell you, don't go to this, don't go to this, don't do this. Nobody has to say, the Bible says, I will write my law in your heart. That's why I'm saying, let's serve God from our heart. 19, the year 2000 is a year of devotion to the Lord. We are devoted to God with our hearts. Number two, with your time. Your time. I want you to be devoted with your time. Your time must be devoted to God. Now, under the present government, which have been there for 18 or 20 years, our country, Ghana, has experienced a bit of development. Compared to the other countries in Africa, you realize that Ghana is quite far advanced. Probably we are not, another probably we are not up to the South African countries and Zimbabwe and so on. But compared to other countries which have had independence for some time, you realize that in terms of certain things, you know, there's more development in our city. We, I know this because we have pastors from Sierra Leone, Liberia, Uganda, etc. For instance, our pastor from Uganda tells me that there is only one traffic light in Kampala. There's only one traffic light in Kampala. And that one does not work. And in Bangui, Central African Republic, there is no traffic light. In fact, in Bangui, there is only one road. Just one single road like that. That just goes through the town. So, relatively speaking, you realize that we are developed. If you go around the National Theatre, you see there are some tall buildings coming up. If these are any kind of indices of development, then there is some kind of development. Now, along with that has come... A certain way of life which involves going to work early and coming late. People close, they don't close at five anymore. Is that not so? People don't close at say, say it's five o'clock or it's four thirty and they are going. It's only certain places we still do that, but many places there's nothing like that. And so people are tired, those who live in Adenta and outside where they have to get up very early they have to leave home at 6 a.m if they are going to bring their children to school they have to sometimes drive two hours so people are tired number one and people are working longer 
in Ghana, in Accra. I cannot speak for Kumasi, but I can speak for Accra. What it means is that many people who would have served the Lord, let's say in the evening, they would have closed from work, they would have gone home at 5 o'clock, and then at 5.30 they would have left and come to church. Many of these people are no longer doing that. Koye, is it not true? Yeah. People are closing at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, even our office. It's like that. In fact, our office, if you don't take care, you can backslide in the office because of the, the way the work is. So, I am saying this to say that there is a certain way of life which is preventing people from serving God in a certain way. And I'm saying that in the year 2000, we are going to make the extra effort to devote time, time, time for God. Because what is the use of the prosperity and the job you have if it takes you away from your God? What is the use of your job if, if it takes you away from the God who gave you the job? What shall it profit you if you shall have gained the whole world and have gained this job and have earned so many millions, so many thousands of dollars, have had everything in the world and then you lose your soul? Perhaps you have not been to a funeral before. That is why you are prepared to lose Lose, lose, lose your God and gain the world. At a funeral, eh, you see the futility of this life. Solomon was a very rich man. But after all that he acquired, he came to one conclusion. He said, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Because no matter what you have, you are nothing. You return to dust. This, a few days ago, three, four days ago, we had a funeral right here. One of our church members, she was lying right here. When I looked at her lying there, I realized there was nothing else important in this world apart from serving the Lord. Anybody who passes out of this world, you ask yourself, what does he take with him? Do you know the commonest verse that is used? In fact, at that particular funeral, different people were asked. Some were reading tribute, some were reading life history, some were reading different things. Every single person quoted a particular verse. <laughs> and I myself was going to preach from that verse. So I heard about three different people using that verse. Tribute from this church, tribute from this fellowship, tribute from this fellowship, life history. Everybody was quoting the same verse. You know what verse that was? Revelation chapter 14 verse 13. You know what it says? It says, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, From henceforth, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. For they shall rest from their labors. And, the most important part, their works do follow them. Why is, why is it that everybody was quoting that verse? Because that verse talks about how your works, the works you have done for God, will follow you to heaven. Whereas nothing on this earth can follow you to heaven. Nothing. Nothing. Not even your shoes. In, in Ghana, when you die, they don't put shoes on. They, don't, they, don't, they take off your shoes. Because they say that if they put shoes on the, uh, on the cob, he will come and walk in the house. Listen to me, everyone. Listen carefully. If you die this year, and you stand before the angel or you stand before the Lord. And it's like you didn't have time for the Lord. You didn't have time for that. God will ask you, didn't your pastor tell you that you've got to have time for him? That you've got to devote your time to him? 
Why do you take away the time which is meant for the Lord and give it to other things? Don't you know that what you want to do is what you do? Anything you really want to do, you always make time for it. No matter who you are, no matter what you are, you always make a way to do the thing you particularly want to do. No matter the job you are doing, no matter who you are married to, no matter your circumstance, when you really, really want to do something and know that it's important, you always make it possible for you to do that thing. Don't wait until you are struck with some disease and the doctor tells you that you are going to die. Then you come and say, I want to join a chapel quickly. I want to join a ministry quickly so that I can do some service for the Lord. Some months ago, I was in London. I saw one of my good old friends. He had been a doctor since the day he qualified in 1989 as well. But he, after being in London or England for about 8-10 years, he decided to move to America. And so, normally I visit him and he picks me up and sometimes we just go around for a ride because I don't see him often. And uh, I remember this particular, this was the last time I was seeing him in, in London before he went to the States. And he took me to his house and I saw his nice house. He had been living there for some years. He had a nice sound system because he's, he likes music. He's a musician. So he had all the pieces the amplifier, the equalizers, the CD player, the tape deck, the loudspeakers, the tweeters. Apart from the loudspeakers, the tweeters, special ones. Some of you don't understand what it is. But you will understand because I see you buying the latest system in town, in Jesus' name. I saw his ion, his radio, his chairs, microwave, everything. And then when we finished chatting and so on, then he took me, he was taking me back in his car. We got to his car. His car was the latest BMW. You know, the the curvy one, the one that is rounded with lights and other things. We sat in the car and we're going. Then I said to him, brother, are you not going to America? I said, yeah, I'm going. I said, so what are you going to do with your system? He said, oh, and your television. He said, I can't take it with me to America. I said, why? The very nice TV. Why? He said, because in England we use 220 volts. But in America they use 110 volts. So he cannot take it. His system, he said, I can't take it. I said, what about your car? Because the car is heavy. He said, in, in England we drive on the, on the left. So the car is right hand drive. In America, they drive on the right and the car, the left hand drive. So that one too, he cannot take it. So as he was going out of England, he was going with his bare hands like that. Da, dum, da, 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 with my free hands. If even from England to America, you cannot carry your things, how much more from this earth to eternity and to heaven? What are you going to take with you? What are you going to take with you? What will cross with you? If you cannot cross even just England, England and even certificates, they don't recognize them in America. Let me tell you, when you arrive at the gate of say, uh, my name is so-and-so, uh, Barclays Bank, uh, so-and-so, my account is, uh, you can see them for a check right now, they will pay everything, all my expenses. We don't use Barclays, we don't use checks. We don't, use, we don't know Barclays Bank in heaven. In heaven, the dust is gold. 
It's not kept in bank. The street, when you are walking, you can pick one and then throw at an angel for an angel to catch and then the angel will throw back the gold. And then you, you can put it in your pocket. But when you get out and you look out, the paver blocks are made of gold. The roads are made of gold. There will be diamonds on the trees. And you say, you've got what money in Barclays, uh, what Barclays Bank? Standard Chartered. Standard Chartered is what? Master me all my time. I use it to uh, do uh, business and other things. Yes. You are doing business. It's good. We want you to prosper. But don't let that prosperity take you away from God. Find time. Make time. Please. I beg you. I beg you. You know, our sister, one of our daughters, she just died. And I'm sure she's talking with the Lord now. You know, it's like like one of us who has taken the lead. And I, I wonder what the Lord is telling her and I wonder what she's saying. But she was with us. She worked with us. She lived with us. She moved with us. She preached with us. She did everything. Just one of us is like she's, she's taking the lead. Oh, dear friend, if all your time is spent doing secular things and you don't have any time devoted to God, I pity you. I really pity you. Because the time will come and you'll be shocked. And let me tell you, for death, eh, it's one of the surprises. It's so surprising. I think that it is, it is something that you just suddenly realize you are in a different place and you realize that, hey, I must be dead. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I was in an accident. I've told you before. But let me tell you again. 90 kilometers from Tamale, we were just driving along. And as we were going, there was no car on the road going, no car coming. It was a beautiful road. An NDC road, asphalt, all the way to the north. Today I've been praising NDC. They should go and tell them that I'm supporting them now. <laughs> it was a beautiful road. The spice, eh? Go and, you should say, when I say good things, go and say that one too. Your, your face and your mouth. Anyway, it was a good road. It was a good road like that. And we were just moving, moving, moving. 90 kilometers to Tamale. So I told the people in the car, Charlie, 90 kilometers more. We are going to be in Tamale in less than an hour. Because we were driving about 100, 120. So if you can do 120 kilometers in one hour, then in 90, you do 90 kilometers in... Have you done maths before? Write it when you go home. Even if you are confused now, go and do it. You'll realize that it will, it will work out. So I told them, we are going to be there in an hour. There are people sitting here. God is telling me right now, you have plans that... At this day, this is what I'm going to do. At this day, this is what I'm going to do. And God is telling me to tell you that it's not going to be like that. Because man plans, but it is God who is going to work out what he wants. It's not what you want. Your life is in his hands. So I told them, in one hour, less than one hour, we will be there. So we were driving. People were even sleeping. Somebody at the back had a seatbelt on and just took up the seatbelt, relaxing. Okay, in one hour we will be in Tamale. Some of you are saying in, in 30 days I will be in London. In so many days I will be in America. In so many days I will be this, I will be that. My dear friend, if God does not say you are going to be somewhere, you will not be there. It depends on Almighty God. It does not depend on you. Some people think they are smart. You are not smarter than God. Some people think they are wise. You are not wiser than God. Da, 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 da. Less than one hour we'll be there. Then suddenly I saw far ahead the two bicycles. 
riding on the side, right side of the road. So I said to myself, these people are on the side of the road, but let me encourage them to be more to the right. So I started to blow my hand. And to my surprise, instead of moving to the right, one of them decided to look back to see who was blowing the horn. So you know you are riding a bicycle like that. So he looked back, so he turned like this. When he turned, his bicycle also came out. So when he came out, he decided to rather cross the road. So I was also already somehow in the middle of it because there was no car going, no car coming. And I was just driving cool. I told her, I relaxed everybody like a pilot who is telling you, you will be, you'll be landing soon. I told them that, uh, uh, Bishop, you what knows airways, you are landing soon. Relax. Some had even removed their seat belts. I began to press the brake because I realized that I was going to run over the man and convert him into corned beef. <laughs> so I began to, I pressed the brake. I said, Bleh! a car which was supposed to be ABS, that is, it's not supposed to skate. That's why I don't buy cheap cars now. And why is the pastor buying an expensive car? God, I don't want to die now. <laughs> your mouth, your mouth. Listen. Please, let's be serious. So, I pressed the brake. Suddenly, the car began to screech. And I just missed the guy. In fact, it hit the tip of the bicycle. And I heard the sound. And then I realized that, you see, the road was lifted over on a hill like that. It's on a mound. And so I realized that the car was going this way. We were going to fly. You see, have you seen James Bond flying before in a car when he's going? The same thing, I was just going to behave just like James Bond. But this time it wasn't a film. It was a real something. <laughs> so I decided to pull the car. I pulled the car to the right. And as soon as I turned the car, then the car spun. 180 degrees, we were facing Accra. And then we began to move like that. We were spinning this way. Then suddenly we fell into the the forest on this side and the car began to roll as i was in the car i said but it's not possible it's possible it's not it's happening live it's happening practically and i heard the sound of i can still hear the sound of the trees being crashed under and the shrubs and the grass and the glasses were broken the car was getting mashed and suddenly the car came to halt we're upside down Silence in the car. And I heard my sister after some time. That was my little sister. She began to cry. Then from the roof, blood began to drop. Pa, 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 like raindrops. They thought I was dead, but I was still around. I was also waiting, and I heard all their voice. I realized everybody was around. Smoke began to come out of the car. And then suddenly we realized we couldn't open up the car because the car had rolled over and all the doors were mashed together by the grace of god there was a, a sunroof we came out of the sunroof and we stood by the car as for the bicycle riders they had flown nowhere in sight but i wanted to listen to this path when we stood by the car my feet my shoes were something when i'm driving i don't wear shoes i stood by the car and my pastor from kumasi he was sitting by me he had been asleep when the the thing happened but he was so re- relaxed in a, a good car he stood by the car. He said, Hey! Hey! 
If I had died today, I would have been very surprised. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I said, that was the only thing he said. He said, we stood outside there in the forest in Tamale alone by our smoking car. If I had died today, I would have been very surprised. Of course, he wasn't expecting to die. Who is expecting to die? By the day that God will call you and say, it's over. You know what? When you are born, you are given an invisible certificate of life. On that certificate, it's written a certain number of years. And Pastor, what you are saying is just imagination. I don't believe what you are saying. Sister, is that what you are saying to me? <laughs> I'm reading. Don't, don't need to bother. Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? You. Appointment. Time. Are not his days also like the days of an hireling? You've been hired. Who works for you for life? You are hired. When your day is up. As a servant earnestly desired the shadow, and as a hireling looked for the reward of his work, so I am made to possess months of vanity. Oh, remember that my life is wind. And it goes on. You have an appointed time. I have an appointed time. When I was in Korea, Yongicho was telling us how he got ill with diabetes. And he said one night he was not feeling well. And he started to pray. He said, oh God, am I going to die? He was telling us at a board meeting. Oh, I don't know what he was preaching. He said, oh God, am I going to die? He's not yet 70. But he's a man of God and he knows that God can call you at any time. He said, oh God, am I going to die? And he said, anyway, I've lived a good life. I've served the Lord. I've, I've done what I can do. But he said, Lord, if you can give me a few more years, I want to do some more for you. This year is a year of being devoted and devoting your time. So that on that day, whether it comes by surprise or not by surprise, you will say, oh, you know, if I'm to die now, I thank God. I've lived a good life. I've served the Lord. I've worked for him. I've fought a good fight. Oh, really? I don't have any regrets. I've lived for him. I've planted churches. I've survived criticism. I've survived the storms. I'm still doing his will. If he calls me now, fine. I just say, Lord, I've devoted my time, my life, my heart, my money, everything to you. Can you say the same for yourself? If God were to call you tomorrow, will you say, ah, ah, Lord, please. Ah. No. What would you say? Will you start stammering? What would you say, my sister, my brother? This year is a year of being devoted with your time, with your money. Your money? Man, every time you're asking us for our money. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you realize that the most powerful force that is challenging God is not Satan? Don't you realize that the powerful force that is challenging God in your life is not Satan? Oh, 
Are you joking? You think it's the devil? And the devil is relaxing. Jesus himself, when he came, he said that you cannot serve two masters. He compared. He said, God or mammon, money. Money is the force which is challenging God for your attention. Not the devil. The devil is relaxing. His job is to deceive people and give you money. What is money? Paper. What is paper? Tree. What's a tree? You are working for a tree. <laughs> More trees. <laughs> what is gold? Yellow dust. It's dirt that we gather. And then we look and we say, it is worth this. But it's not true. That is what is challenging God for your attention. So when we say you must devote your money to God, your first and best, your tight offerings, you will see how many people tonight, today are going to give first and best offering. Very few. I, I don't have to pray about it or get a word of knowledge. I know. You are all here. We have been in the church for some time. If you have a problem with giving your tight, your money to God, you have a real problem with God. I have come to see those who criticize. Let me tell you, if you know anybody and if you are here, you, you are one of those who criticize, eh, why are they doing this? They are topping our money. They are doing this. If you, you know any such person, avoid such people. If you are such a person, let me inform you that the one who has a problem is you. You are the one with the problem, not the church. Not the pastors. At least not in this church. They are chopping money. How do, you, how do you know that we are chopping money? If you have a little something up there, just not much, just average, you, you should be able to see. It should be able to tell you. You should be able to see that you cannot crucify the good and the bad on the same day and say that the good is bad and black is white and white is black. You think I'm doing what I'm doing because I don't have a job? Come on. Please, try something more intelligent. <laughs> you think I'm doing what I'm doing because I, I don't have a job, I don't have anything to do? You think I'm doing what I'm doing for money? Please, please, if you are even criticizing, try and get something more plausible. Plausible means believable. Hmm? It's an English word. You are the one who has the problem. And today again, they have come with another fundraising. They said that we should bring money for this and that. Relax, brother, if you don't want to give. Just don't give. We have never suffered because you didn't give. Can't you see that we are surviving in spite of you not giving? Shut your beak. And if you don't like the church, I've told you we have intentionally avoided building doors so that orangus can go out. That's why there's no door in the church. You can go out at any time you want. And in fact, the government have helped us by removing our walls. <laughs> Remember Jesus when Judah, when when Jesus, that, that woman came along and blessed Jesus with that expensive gift so much money and she poured it on his feet and used her 
her hair to wipe his feet. Who was it who complained? Who was it who complained? Peter? Thomas? Thomas doubted, but he didn't have that problem with money. Was it James? Was it John? Go and read your Bible. It was Judas. With time, you begin to see somebody whose heart is not with you, his money is also not with you. I'm telling you that. If you are in this church and your heart is here, you are devoted, you are going to have to put your money here. My money is here. I have a lot of money in the church. I've invested. I give more than all of you. I also earn a salary just like you do. There are some churches where when the service is over, everybody goes downstairs to collect the offering and share. We just divide it like that. Pra, pra, pra. We are four. Take half like that. If you get more coins than others, it's your problem for that day. We, we, don't, we don't do things like that here. We, are, we earn salaries. And internal revenue have also persecuted us. Last year, came to investigate us as part of the persecution from the authorities. So, devote your money. Why should we devote our money? Because we are doing the work of God. And the work of God goes with people who sold their possessions and laid it at the apostles' feet. And said, pastors, do what you want to do with it. If you don't trust us, don't be in this church. Go to a church where you trust what is going on. I'm telling you for your own good. I'm being honest with you. A place where you think they are doing the right thing. Go there and put your money there. That's the best thing for you. And I'm saying this out of true love and concern for you. Because if you are here, you don't love, you don't trust, you don't like what is going on, you will soon develop a critical spirit. You will only be complaining, complaining, whining. Every day you will be angry. Every day you have something negative to say. We don't need that. And you will destroy yourself. And we will still be here. People who have criticized me, they have not destroyed me. I'm still around. Am I not still here? This is a year of devoting our time, our money, to the Lord. The Bible says they continued steadfastly. The word continued steadfastly in the King James is the word continued steadfastly. But in other versions of the Bible, it is the word devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Listen, what I'm sharing with you today, I'm sharing with you as your pastor. I am your pastor. I am your father spiritually. God has given me a message for you. Go and read the book of Revelation. The Bible says that Jesus appeared to the apostolos or the messenger of the churches. Who is actually the, the leader, not the angel, but the, the leader, the apostle to the church. And he gave a message to the churches through that angel or through that uh, leader. God speaks to you through his shepherd. To your shepherd. I gave birth to you. I gave birth to this church spiritually. I have the best teachings for you. The very best. And as far as you are concerned, what I am teaching you is the most important thing for you. I am not the best teacher in the world, but as far as you are concerned, it's the best teachings for you. Eh, what are you saying now? This year, devote yourself to the teaching. The books that I've written are the best books for you. And they are sitting out there. 
When I go to other churches and I minister, you should see how they rush for books. The last time I went to preach somewhere, people followed, when the books got finished, people followed the person who was selling here to come in the night to get some of the books. And many of us walk by the books. We walk by the books. I don't want any book. Can I have one Mota Guinness and one trophy, please? They, they, they pass by. The book is on the right. And they just pass by. Uh, two cook, please. One meat pie. One of them. Um, do you know of them? Um? <laughs> you don't know of them? Um? It's a type of cake. Plantain cake. <laughs> they pass by the books and other good throat and you see their oily mouth, killer everything. Oily mouth and the books are what will give you life. They just pass by the thing. Two mortadines and one of them and one both float, please. You are devoted to Mortar Guinness. You are devoted to both fruits. But the books will give you life and wisdom. Solomon was a wise man, but when you read Ecclesiastes, he said that I gave my heart to search for wisdom. I gave my heart to search for wisdom. That's a wise. He said, I gave my heart to look. Me, I'm always reading. I have sometimes four or five books. I have a book in my car, a book in my toilet, the toilet that I sit on. I have books there like this. For start, I have a special Bible for that place. I am searching for wisdom at all times of my life. And you are searching for orphan and bullfrogs. Lay hands on the person next to you and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be loosed in Jesus' name. They were devoted to their apostles' teachings. Devoted. They were, you see, the word continue, it didn't mean they just started. They continue, and not just continue, but steadfastly. The word steadfast is different from the word steadily. You see, when you say steadfast, it gives the, it speaks of being attached. When you say something is fastened to something, something is fastened, attached. You understand? Steadfast, hold fast. So they, they continued, they were attached. They loved it. They loved the tapes. They, they didn't just come to church once a month. Oh, please. Some of you, we are, we are lucky to see you because today is the first Sunday. We are lucky that you've come. Not that we are lucky, but you are saying in your mind that God, you are lucky that I'm here today. Devotion 2000. Devote your time. Devote your money. Oh, yes. Put your money in the thing. Where your money is, uh, your heart will naturally, naturally go there. That's why some people are so, so attached to the politics they are doing. Because their money has gone. You must win, you must win. My money is inside. And their lives. No. As we approach the election, don't devote your time to politics. I'm giving you good advice as, my, as your pastor. <laughs> you, are, you are an activist. Activist for what? For lies or what? 
you are building a bridge where there's no river. How can you build a bridge where there's no river? You see people campaign that we are going to build a bridge when there is no river there too. We are campaigning. We are going on campaign. You see them holding whatever. If you can't devote your time to God, why do you devote your time to politics? I have sat in the room with politicians who told me, Mr. Bishop, what I'm telling you now is between you and I. This is the fact. And then, at the end, he will say, but I want to tell you, when I go on the radio, I'm going to say something else. I'm going to say a different thing. Because I have to. Some of them are very frank. They will tell you, I have to. I have to lie. It's not that I've heard. It's not that I've heard from somewhere. It's what people have told me. Why should, you, why should you give yourself to things that are lies? And fight for lie. Fight for the truth. You shall know the truth. It is the truth. And the truth shall make you free. How many are going to be devoted? Thursday, be devoted. Tuesdays, be devoted. I don't have time. Let it die. Let that song die. If you want to do it, you would. If I inform you that you are dead by September, you know, your job will not be important to you. A friend of mine, listen carefully to this last. A friend of mine, he went to a place somewhere in France. And he saw a certain man sitting there. The man had used all his money in the world to buy a boat, a yacht. And he was in the boat, fixing the boat. Listen carefully, I'm closing. Those of you who want me to close, I'm closing. After some time, my friend told me that he felt that the man was unusual. The man who was repairing, I mean the boat, working on the boat. He had sold everything, sold everything that he had. And he had just bought the boat and he was living there and spending thousands of dollars all the time on the boat and doing just doing things there. It looked very strange at a point. So my friend told me, we later found out what this man was about. Do you know what was happening? This man had been diagnosed by the doctors to have cancer. And the doctors had told him that he was going to die. He had a certain number of months. When the man realized that he was going to die, he just grew wild. Started to spend all his money. That he bought the boat. He's trying to use all his money. Just try, because he just has a short time. Of course, this is a white man without God. God doesn't have to tell you that you are going to die before you'll be yeah. devoted. Ask the person next to you, help me to preach. Does God have to tell you such a thing before you'll be a devoted member? Ask the person, does God have to tell you you are going to die before you'll be devoted? Ah! Now tell the person, ah! I mean, how? Why?
I see you being so devoted. Oh, people who sing, I want you to sing. Those who play, excuse me, I want you to play. I'm going to join the choir. I'm going to play. I'm going back. When I was sitting, I said, look, let me join this choir again. Because there was a time I used to come for rehearsals. I used to play. I loved it. You know, I really enjoy it. It's something that makes me happy. Those of you in the choir, come back. Come, let's return to the Lord. And let's be devoted in the year 2000. Come back. Come back. There are many backsliders here today. Come back. Hey, Pastor, but I don't smoke and I don't drink, so I haven't backslided. No. That doesn't mean backsliding. Smoking and drinking doesn't mean backsliding. That's not what means but Your heart, your time, your time, your money. That's where you can see. Oh, we need to be like Jesus. Gina, come back to the Lord. All of us, come back to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Thank Him. As you dedicate your life to be devoted. To be more like Jesus. Oh, give yourself to upstairs, on the side, the balconies. Devote your time. Please, devote your time. Stand to your feet, please. I need to be more like Jesus. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.